Welcome to the Inspire Link podcast, bringing you lessons from high achieving business leaders and entrepreneurs. This is your connection to inspiring leadership. I'm your host, Jennifer Trammell. On today's podcast, from granting wishes with a robotic dragon, yes, a dragon, to exposing students of color to STEM, we want you to meet an inspiring young innovator from Denver, Colorado. Through the InspireLink podcast and the NextGen Speaker Series, we introduce you to all kinds of leaders. Victoria Bohannon P. is a reminder leadership does not require a C-suite title. This young professional started as an intern in 2014, and now she's a project manager with Aero Electronics. Aero helps customers create, make, and manage forward-thinking products with the goal of making the benefits of technology accessible to as many people as possible. And that's where the dragon comes in. At just 14 years old, Belle Cress was battling cancer. And because of her condition, she couldn't have a live pet. So she asked Make-A-Wish Colorado to make her dream of a mythical companion come true. Victoria and Arrow managed a team of suppliers and innovators to bring this dragon, a semi-autonomous social robot, to life. Victoria Bohannon P. Welcome to InspireLink, the Next Gen Speaker Series podcast. Thank you. It's nice to be here. <laughs> we are here in Fort Myers for the Edison Awards. Let's focus on that Make-A-Wish project. How did this come to be? Yeah, so um, Joe Varangia, he is the lead of the Corporate Social Responsibility uh, Program within the Air Electronics. Um, and so he had a connection with Make-A-Wish and the person said, hey, there's this wish recipient who wants a robotic dragon for their wish. And Jill's like, okay. And then <laughs> brought that into my department and said, we're looking for a project manager. Who, who do we have? And then my boss came to me and he was like, Victoria, this is a great project for you. You should take this on. It's going to be fun. It's for a little girl who wants a robotic dragon. Let's make it happen. So she wants a lifelike pet. And of yes. course, if we're going to make a pet, let's make a dragon. Uh of any of any pet right let's make a dragon it's a perfect mix for her between a bird and a reptile which is two of her favorite animals um, but just the fact that she can't have a pet of her own she she wanted to see how uh, she wanted to see who was out there that could provide her the fantasy uh, dream world that she loves to be in because she draws dragons and plays dragon video games watches dragon movies reads dragon books so <laughs> Her whole world is revolved around dragons, so she's like, let me see, let me see who's out there that I can, I can ask this big ask for. Walk us through the process of, we have this request to create a robotic dragon. Where do you go from there? Yeah, so the first thing you start off with is one introductions, right? <laughs> um, but after that, setting up a, what we call an ideation meeting, which is where we'll bring, um, in this case, we'll bring Bell in, we'll bring the engineers involved with the project in as well. Um, to sit and just talk with her about, okay, what exactly do you want out of this dragon? So what are the parameters? What are our specifications and constraints um, that we need to work around to make you happy, number one, but to ensure that um, we understand what our tasks are going to be to be able to meet her expectations. 
Um, so that's how we start is with the ideation session. From there, um, we go into a whole bunch of different brainstorming um, sessions with the engineers involved with the project. And we'll say, okay, this is, uh, excuse me, our expectations and our specifications that we got from Bell. Um, what can we do? How long is it gonna take? How, long, how much is it gonna cost? Um, and go through all of that and see, okay, uh, based on the research we know we're gonna have to do for the specifications that Bell wants, okay, is it practical? Um, and, and, and so utilizing our resources with Arrow, saying we've got re uh, reference designs with some of the suppliers and partners that Arrow has. Um, what can we utilize that's already out there? Uh, how quick would design be with utilizing those tools that we already have? Have we done things in the past that we can build upon? Um, so just that constant brainstorming there and research and development piece to figure out uh, how we're gonna meet the, the specifications that Bell set. So from there, it goes into prototyping. Um, we've got our specs, we've got the research that we need to do, let's implement it, let's see how it's actually gonna work out, what mistakes are we making, uh, what issues are we coming across, and mitigate those um, to get to the point where we're trying to now, in this case, meet milestones, right? Because we had set those during our brainstorming session. So um, now we're trying to meet milestones, now we're doing prototyping, if we come across any issues coming to that crossroads and saying, is this still practical to meet this, this spec? Do we need to maybe make a shift somewhere and, and um, uh, manipulate what that feature set could do? So maybe instead, like say, say she wanted purple and there wasn't any purple filament <laughs> out there for us to print with. What's the clo next closest color? Let's try blue, let's try a teal or a lavender, like some, something that, that exists. So um, working through those details um, from there and then finally pulling a, a, a first prototype together of the full thing, the full dragon, um, and then doing a, a whole bunch of tests, debugging, um, ensuring that um, what we think the dragon should do, it does do, and if it doesn't, why, and go through those fixes. Um, and then finally, once we get to a good place, putting the scales on, doing the cosmetic work, um, putting the iris color in, um, painting the dragon's head and stuff to give a cool iridescent look and stuff like that. Uh, what are the horns gonna look like? Accessories, you know, do they work well? Um, with the dragon's teeth, do we paint the teeth? <laughs> um, and working out those details. Pulling it all together, doing another test, and then we're finally ready to reveal this to Belle and, and say, here's what you got, do you like it? Teaching her how to use it. So what's um, it like to yeah. interact with this? Oh, it's it's something else. Like, <laughs> at first I was kind of creeped out by it because when you have live-like robots, you're like, wait, what? Wait, it's a robot, right? No, but it's alive. I don't, anyway. It feels so, like it has life to it. It feels like it has a personality. It feels like it has a soul. Um, so yeah, it was just, it. It's otherworldly, but the technology that we pulled together, the research that we did to make a robot move so lifelike is, yeah, is, it's great technology done. Definitely something that I think uh, uh, folks can use uh, into the future uh, of how to integrate um, a movement in robotics um, and especially with, with reactionary um, base movements with the, the touch, sensors, touch sensors that we were able to have on the dragon. Um, that gave that reaction to Bell, the sounds that we integrated, we used a voice actor for that. Um, so yeah, just the tech that we pulled together to make it seem like it's not a robot, it's, yeah, 
So the research and the development has implications for robotics, for toy manufacturing going forward. Absolutely, yes. The company that we worked with for the Dragon, um, the research and development that they did to build Bell's Dragon is definitely another level of toy. Um, a very, very big toy and more prototype based, um, a bit more adult based toy just because of how much technology is in it and the power that it takes to, to, to run it um, and programming, the programming that went into it. But once we get the kinks out of it, yeah, the having a robotic dragon, 17 pounds, <laughs> three feet long, two feet wingspan. It's like um, having a dog. I yes. Mean. Yes, it's like having a small dog. So it's another level of pet for sure. Very cool. Yeah. And what was Belle's reaction when you got to present this to her? She already warned us at the beginning that she wasn't much of a, of a reactor. Okay. Uh, she's very reserved and shy. Um, but when she saw the dragon, the smile on her face could not be removed for sure. And it's just like, oh my gosh, wait this is mine, really. And it looks just like what she thought it was gonna look like, which is great to hear. Um, learning to pet it and like the fact that the scales that we were able to print for her on the dragon were so unique. And I, I think it's been done before in some other aspects, but in terms of a toy pet-like design for her, like brand new stuff, super smooth for being a 3D print, just just lovable. <laughs> you truly made her wish come true. Yes, we did. Wow. <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about some of your other work um, outside of the office. Mm-hmm. Mentoring is so important to the Next Gen Speaker Series. Mm-hmm. You have a significant mentoring and teaching program going on. Yeah. Well, tell us about that. Yeah, so um, the National Society of Black Engineers has three levels to the national organization. There's the professional, the collegiate, and the junior level. So I help with uh, the junior level And in Denver, Colorado, we have a group called the Students of Color and Technology, which I help run with my sister and a few other folks uh, in the Denver area and other professionals involved. Um, But it's essentially a platform for us to expose STEM to students of color from the Denver metro area. Um, So we're, we're taking just about any topic you can think of relating to STEM and just providing a really baseline introduction into that field that we're going over for the month or for the week um, to make the kids feel comfortable and confident to know the subject so that they can say either I love this and I want to continue to learn more about it um, or I don't like this and here's why but more importantly to say I understand the subject and I can continue on in STEM should that be some place that I, I want to stay going into college and on to my career. That's so, great. Yeah. What kinds of results have you seen from that program so far? Oh, the confidence level uh, <laughs> and engagement from the students for the topics that we're reviewing with them has just gone up significantly. When we first started, it was hard to get a hand raised, you know, from maybe five or so students that were out of the 10 that were there. Um, and part of it, I think, was them not knowing if what they were thinking applied. Um, or was good enough or to that be fear of allowed. am I right right exactly so um, that after I think it's been a few years now that we've been alive after the so many years of the returners that have been there their level of confidence of just saying here's what I think and I and this is why has gone up tremendously the engagement is there it's very much a conversation with the kids more than it is a lesson or a lecture for them 
um, which is what ex exactly what we wanted with Socket is for them to feel like, yeah, I'm learning about this, but I know a little bit about this too. So let's have a dialogue and see see if I'm thinking the right thing. You know, even for me, learning from them and saying, oh wow, I didn't I didn't think about that. I think somebody gave us once a um, we were talking about bacteria and they were talking about COVID-19 and they're like, oh well, here's something I was thinking of for for how the vaccine should work or how a cure could work and like the just the idea that they rattled off about that I was like yeah that could work <laughs> that could work <laughs> do you think that these students will go on to pursue STEM in college and as careers I sure hope that they do um, out of the few students that return regularly I know uh, one of them wants to pursue environmental engineering um, after the introduction that we had with her and the speaker that we brought in when we were talking about it at the time She's like, yeah, this is what I want to do. So going, she's about to go into high school. So I think coming out of that, she's definitely going to pursue STEM going forward. And hopefully it's environmental if that's still what she wants to do. But Making yeah. a difference one student at a time. One student at a time. <laughs> so Victoria, what's one of your keys to success? Out of all of the experiences that I've had, it's just um, taking advantage of the opportunities as they present themselves. Um, with Socket, with the Make-A-Wish project, the amount of self-confidence that I had to learn, the leadership skills that I had to learn, um, the, the innovative thinking for adaptation to COVID-19 as it came around for the project, um, how to think differently with the kids and explaining subjects, like those opportunities are, are where I've learned the most about um, my myself in terms of who I am and, and what I want to be a part of, but more so how I can help lead the next generation or uh, the next level of technology uh, five years out, you know, guiding innovation forward as Arrow likes to say it. So um, that, those would be the, that, that would be the advice I would say is find those opportunities and definitely take advantage of them. We're here at Babcock Ranch today in Southwest Florida for part of the Edison Awards. Being recognized with an Edison Award is one of the highest accolades a company can receive in the name of innovation and business success. The Edison Awards honor excellence in new product and service development, in marketing, and human-centered design and innovation. We happen to be one of the three finalists, so we'll find out which of the three we'll get uh, later today. Victoria Bohannon P., a young innovator with a bright future, Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. And thank you for sharing your experience. Thanks for the opportunity, I love it. Aero Electronics took home the 2021 Silver Edison Award in the category of social tools for disabilities and illnesses. This marks the third consecutive year that Aero's corporate social responsibility humanitarian technology program has been recognized with an Edison Award. Congratulations. The Edison Awards has also named Victoria a 2021 Lewis Latimer Fellow. The Latimer Fellows will meet regularly to exchange ideas and build a new community of African-American innovators. It's named for Lewis Howard Latimer, a black inventor and patent draftsman who worked closely with Thomas Edison, even improving Edison's original light bulb by patenting the use of long-lasting carbon filament. Latimer's invention paved the way for the commercialization of electric light. 
This has been the InspireLink podcast, your connection to inspiring leadership.